thankful for them leading us in worship and getting us ready for the word this morning. Thank God for it. I'm so glad that even though it's been a long time now since Jesus died, that the blood hasn't lost any power. That it just transcends time. It's not bound by centuries or anything like that. It's The song says it, that it can reach to the highest mountain and flow the lowest valley. It's you know, Basically, wherever you are, it can find you. Wherever you find yourself at the highest heights, the lowest lows, it still works. It, altitude doesn't affect it. Where you find yourself, you know, geographically in your life, whether you feel like, man, I'm on the top or I'm looking up to see the floor, it still has power to change and to save and deliver today. The blood of Jesus will never lose its power. And you know, they, you, know, you can take certain medicines and it'll help you. But if you take it for an extended period of time, they say you get an immunity and that medicine just won't work no more. Well, you can't build up an immunity to the blood of Jesus. I've, you just don't know how many times he's had to apply it. <laughs> it don't matter. It don't lose its power. Hey, if you keep reaching, he'll keep supplying. You need to know that today. I think the Lord's tired of me. If he was, you wouldn't be here. Hello, come on. Oh, I think the Lord's probably done with me. If he was, you wouldn't be here. So you keep reaching, he'll keep supplying. I'm thankful for the Lord this morning. I love you. I'm glad to see you in the house of the Lord today. I'm going to read right quickly while you're standing in 1 Corinthians 15, 13 through 20. So thankful for the resurrection of Jesus Christ today. So thankful. Paul writing to the church, a reminder of sorts, 1 Corinthians 15 and 13. Paul said, but if there be no resurrection from the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain. You know, the tying together of preaching and faith there again, a lot of people think, well, I've got faith, but I can't listen to no preaching. You fool yourself. One don't work without the other. Verse 15 said, Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not risen or not raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and ye are yet in your sins. What a horrible thought. Then they also which are fallen asleep, those that we can't wait to see again in Christ, are perished as well. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen 
from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. I want to preach for a little while today on this thought. There was a resurrection. There was a resurrection. Would you lift your hands and let's pray together for the word today. Precious Jesus, we love you and honor you in this house. And we remember completely today the blood and the body that was sacrificed. And Lord, we rejoice in what it provided. And Lord, today we are so thankful that you rose from the dead. Now, Lord, bless us to hear the word, anoint these lips of clay, that I might feed us all, that we could be better and encouraged and be ready to meet you one day when you come. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give him one more hand clap and a shout of praise. Are you thankful for the resurrection? Hallelujah. 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 You can be seated. God bless you this morning. There was a resurrection. Now I'm going to jump back to where Paul's writing to the church. I want to go back just a little ways to where we read about this actually happening and how it was because Paul mentioned here that uh, how that people were miserable uh, if in this life only, if this is the only place we have hope in Christ. And well, I'll tell you, I cannot imagine a more despondent group of people than the disciples from the time they watched them hang Jesus on that tree till the time they realized he was gone. Let me tell you, everyone that loved Jesus was sure they lost him on that day. At the crucifixion and when they realized that he was dead, when they pierced his side, there was a lot of things lost. Hope was lost. Joy was nowhere to be found. Peace was lost. Faith was destroyed. People were confused and questioning, where do we go from here? What do we do now? Maybe even a little anger at uh, we invested, you know, for over three years, we followed this man and we were sure and we trusted and now we watched him die. I'm telling you, when Jesus went to the cross, he died. The life that he took breath for 33 years on this earth, it ended on that cross. He was not asleep. He was not in a coma. He was not in some kind of twilight. He was dead. They pierced his side and, and all the blood that could come from his body had drained from his body and the breath and the life was gone from him. And, and now for three days after this death, people are wondering, what do we do now? You see, this is more than just a story that you read here in the scripture. This was what they lived. You got to remember, you're, you're reading it already knowing what's coming. They have no idea, Brother Larry. They, they had heard him speak of coming back. They had heard him say, destroy this temple in three days and I'll raise it. But they, they didn't get it. And so for three days, they're in fear and they're hiding because they're worried that those that hate Jesus are going to come get us next. And, and they're trying to figure out what are we going to do for three days. Their life was upside down. They had forsaken all, as Peter said, in one place to follow him. They had watched him walk on water. They had watched him raise the dead. And I'm sure while they stood there at the foot of that cross, they just kept saying, you just wait. He's going to do something. Because they had watched him for three years do things that no other man could do. 
They had watched him feed multitudes, open blinded eyes, cast out devils, walk on water, calm the storm. They had watched him do the impossible. They had heard him preach words that they had never heard before. In one place, as he was preaching, they said, what a word. Because he taught as one with authority. And they even marveled, what manner of man is this that even the waves and the, and the wind obey him? He's going to do something, just wait. But when he said it is finished and dropped his head, I'm sure he, his wasn't the only head dropped that day. This was what they lived. The Savior, we called him Rabbi and Master and Lord, and he's dead. There were some who stuck around and helped bring him down from the cross, wrapped him in about 190 pounds of anointed linen and laid him in the tomb and rolled the stone over him. This was what they lived. They had invested their life in this. They were sure. You know, they were, after the resurrection, we read about two men walking and Jesus just blends in with them and says, What's going on that you're so sad as you are walking down this road? What's happening to you? Why are you so, why, why are you so upset? Why are you so sad? They, they, man, they were tore up because they, they said, are you a stranger around here? You don't know what's happened. And, and they began to talk about Christ. And we had trusted that it was him. And so with that stone was rolled over that tomb, and they began to make their way back to town. I don't know that anybody talked. I don't know if they did or if they didn't, but... I can't even imagine the heaviness that they felt. And, and just now, just you think now, what if you just all of a sudden knew you didn't have the Lord? That's what they thought. They loved him, and they watched him die. But their loyalty was going to pay off because after three days, there were a couple of women that were headed to the tomb, and they had spices in it. They weren't going to perform some kind of resurrection ceremony. They were just going to anoint the body in hopes of keeping the stench of death off their Lord for a few more days. They just were going out of, out of kindness and a commitment and loyalty to him. And in Matthew 28, we read that when they showed up, there was an angel there that, that answered them and said, Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. I know who you're looking for, but he's not here. I can't imagine who's this guy. What did he say? He is not here for he didn't say he's been moved. We changed his location. He didn't really die. He said he's not here for he is risen. Oh, there was a resurrection. There was a crucifixion. There was, there was a trial. There was a beating. There was a resurrection. There was a burial. I mean, there was a crucifixion, there was a burial, but then there was a resurrection. There was a loss of hope. There was a loss of faith, 
there was a loss of joy. There were lives that were turned upside down, but there was a resurrection. We're still going on today because there was a resurrection. I'm sure they were trying to figure out what the next move was. He already had the next move. They trying to figure out what to do next. He already knew what to do next. But this wasn't just somebody spreading gossip. Hey, Jesus is alive. He said, for he is risen as he said. Jesus always keeps his promises. He cannot lie. It's impossible. Let me tell you, the only promises of Jesus that have not come to pass are the ones that have not come to pass yet. Just like he said, if you destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. That was a promise. After one day, he wasn't up. After two days, he wasn't up. But after three days, he was up. He always keeps his promise. Let me tell you, you can trust what Jesus said. You can trust it then and you can trust it now because he's alive forevermore. He's not there. He is risen just as he said. I'm telling you that if he was still in that tomb or was still in some other tomb, they would have found him by now. They found every other religious leader you can think of. They know right where they're buried. But when you go to Israel, they're going to say, come see where the Lord lay. Not where he is, but where he was. He's not there anymore. There was a resurrection. And like the old song said, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Woo! I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. Well, somebody ought to praise God that he got up, that he's still alive. Just tell them something. He showed them something. Well, he's risen, as he said, and for believers, we walk by faith and not by sight. That word should have been enough. I'm ringing just a tad, brother. You're going to back me up a little bit. That word, you know, today we're like, man, that word. And we know that Jesus said, you know, you're blessed because you've seen me, but blessed are those that, uh, that believe and have not seen. But but that was such a critical time for the church because, you know, if you have faith, you're going to see some things. I don't believe because I've seen, but because I have believed, I've seen a lot of things. And maybe right then at that time, they must have believed something because they didn't run. He said, come see the place where the Lord lay. And he showed them a tomb that the scripture says where never a man had lain before. He said, I'm not going to go somewhere where somebody else has already been. I'm going to do something that nobody else can do. He said, nobody takes my life from me. He said, I have the power to lay it down 
and I have the power to take it up again. He said, y'all going to take me somewhere where they can say, oh, well, we don't know who's been here. I'm going to a place, I'm going to do something that nobody else has ever done. He showed them the miraculous. And as they turned and ran, we know the rest of the story, they turned and they ran back to town and they, they're telling the disciples, you're not going to believe this, but we have seen the Lord. We've seen the angels. His tomb is empty and people are running back and forth now checking the story out and all of a sudden Jesus just shows up in the room. Peace be still. Peace unto you. <laughs> oh my. It was proof, my friend, to them because they had lived it. They watched it. They watched him unfairly judged, falsely accused. They watched him beat and his body destroyed. They watched him die, and they watched them put him in the tomb and roll the stone over him. But then they saw the place where the Lord had lain. Let me tell you, if that doesn't help me today or help us today, I don't know what will. Because... Knowing that he went, oh, I'm sure there's some maybe that thought, wow. Even the Roman soldier, when he, he died, he looked up and he said, truly, this was the Son of God. And there were people that witnessed him from the cross still showing mercy, and it, it affected them, and it touched them. But if he don't get up, it don't mean nothing. A lot of martyrs, people had died. John the Baptist had already been beheaded, but he wasn't back. There were people dying, but this one, he didn't stay dead. He got up. It doesn't matter what this world hits you with as you walk through it. It can destroy you. But the resurrection shows us that we can be made new. That we can be made whole. That after it looks like we're down and out, uh, we can come back. Come on, somebody. He was a man like you and I. He was flesh and blood. And for about three and a half years, he walked and did miracles and loved people, and they hated him for it, and they killed him for it, and they buried him for it. But he said, you can't keep a good man down. You can't keep me in the grave. I come to go to the grave, but I come to get out of it so I could show somebody and if the enemy comes to steal and to kill and destroy, I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. You know that rock wasn't rolled away. You've heard it said many times the rock was not rolled away so that he could get out. Man, he's walking through walls. He don't, he's worried about the rock. But he said, I got I to gotta roll this stone away so they can see in. They've, they've got to see what's happened. They've got to know that I'm not there anymore. Jesus spoke of himself. In Matthew 17 and 23, he said, And they shall kill him. And the third day he shall be raised again. And it says, and they were exceeding sorry. They didn't get it. All they heard was, he's going to die. They understood killing and death. They're going to kill him. And it made them sad. 
and it made them sorry. And they couldn't take it because they didn't understand yet. They had to see that empty tomb. They had to see that there was a resurrection. They didn't get it yet, but they were going to. It was about to happen. And now let me tell you, they went on and preached and turned this world upside down, preaching the resurrection. We love Acts chapter 2. And boy, we, we jump right on Acts 2.38, plan of salvation. Yep, you might as well. But several times in Peter's message, he refers back to the resurrection of Jesus. He talks about Jesus being raised from the dead. He quotes David. David, he said, David is making mention of the resurrection of Christ. He's like, this Jesus, God has raised up. He was telling them, he's alive. He's alive. You can trust the words of the Lord. If he, if he kept that promise, he'll keep your promise. He'll keep the promise he's made to you. We used to sing, every promise in the book is mine. Well, I can believe every word because Jesus kept that word. Destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. But it took an angel and an empty tomb to remind them that he is risen just as he said. But now, I want to go back to Paul for just a few minutes because years after Christ has risen from the dead and ascended and the church has already started, there's churches everywhere. There's stories going around that he never did rise from the dead. And Paul's like, hey, wait a minute. If we're preaching Christ is risen, how is it that there be some that say he's not risen from the dead? And then he says, but if there be no resurrection, he starts to remind him, let's, let's just reflect on this for a moment. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. If Christ is not risen, our preaching is vain, and your faith is vain. How many times have you heard a message preached you thought, that saved my soul. That got me out. That changed my life. If Jesus isn't alive, if there was no resurrection, that message didn't do nothing but get you emotional. It didn't change a thing. It didn't affect nothing. Because if he ain't alive, the preaching is vain. Your faith is in vain. I've wasted my time. I've wasted your time. And we ought to all just quit right now. If Jesus is not risen from the dead, why are we still shouting? Why are we still praying? Why are we still studying? Why are we still reaching out? Because if he's not risen from the dead, all that don't mean nothing. But if there be no resurrection, but there is a resurrection. But Paul said, let me, let me just drag your mind back for a second. All them good services you were in, all that hope, all that testimony, all that uh, words you shared, it don't mean nothing. All them prayers you praying about being healed don't mean nothing. All them prayers you're praying for restoration, it won't work. There ain't no chains going to be broken. There ain't no doors going to open. Ain't nothing going to happen because if Jesus is not alive, your faith is in vain. But there is a resurrection. 
me tell you, if Jesus is still dead and they really stole his body like they reported and, and hid it somewhere, if Jesus is still dead, all your hope is gone. All your joy is for nothing. Your thoughts about heaven don't mean a thing. It don't exist. If he's dead, ain't nobody coming back to get you. If he's dead, you got no hope of, of breaking any kind of addictions, any kind of change. You, you got no hope. You, you, your prayers are going nowhere. If there be no resurrection, but there is a resurrection. There was a resurrection. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. I'm so thankful that you, you need to understand something that everything the body of Christ is hangs on the fact that he got out of that grave. John saying, behold the Lamb of God, it don't mean a thing if he don't come out of the grave. That man looking up and saying, surely he was the Son of God, it don't mean nothing. That precious blood that rolled out of his body can't do a thing if he did not get out of that grave. He had to come. He had to die. He had to be buried, but he had to get up. Because if he don't get up, it don't mean nothing. And Paul's looking at this church because the Corinthian church had a few hiccups anyway. And evidently somebody was starting to say, hey, maybe, wow, what if he's not alive? Maybe he's not alive. And Paul's going, well, if there is no, he's trying to let them know. Let's just make you a list here, buddy of everything you've got now because you believe the resurrection and everything, you can just start crossing it off because it don't matter if Jesus isn't alive. And he goes ahead and tells them, the ones that you loved, all them, oh, that wonderful, I'll meet you in the morning, it ain't going to happen. You ain't crossing no chilly Jordan. You ain't going through no gates of pearl. You ain't hearing nobody say, well done, good and faithful servant, if Jesus is still in the ground. And Paul's trying to let them see the worst of it, but he said, but now, in verse 20, he said, but now is Christ risen from the dead. Let me tell you, you can be assured today, Jesus is alive. He's living inside of me, and I know he lives in a lot of you. Hey, look, come on. So you keep praying because there was a resurrection. You keep preaching because there was a resurrection. You keep shouting and worshiping and reaching out because there was a resurrection. You keep on doing good and serving God. You keep on living right. You keep trusting. You keep looking up because there was a resurrection. You keep doing what Jesus called you to do because there was a resurrection. The early church knew it. They preached it. They believed it. They lived on. But as time went on, just like it is today, you know, these people don't believe he's alive today. He's just a man. He died. The people stole him. They did. You know, there's several stories about that. There's the mistaken tomb story that when the ladies went to the tomb that uh, they went to the wrong tomb. They said they were so grief, straw, you know, distraught and, and grieving and and, and it was dark, and so they didn't really know, and they went to the wrong tomb. And, but he really still was in the tomb. Yeah, devil is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there's this, this one. It was the, 
the swoon theory. You ever heard that? That Jesus didn't actually die. That he just went into like a coma. And after three days of being wrapped in 190 pounds of uh, anointed linen, he woke up, rolled the stone away, and snuck out. <laughs> but they watched him. Yeah. They, that's so ridiculous. It's crazy. But I know that he rose from the dead. He lives inside of me. Christ is risen from the dead and everything we are and everything we do. It don't hang on just the sacrifice because the sacrifice would have been rendered null and void without the resurrection from the dead. Jesus says in Revelation 1 and 18, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. Let me tell you, if there's no resurrection, the only thing we got to look forward to, death and hell, I guess. But Jesus said, I got the keys to those. But now, but since he rose from the dead, I know that there is a place prepared so that where he is, I can be also. Because he rose from the dead, I believe that he's coming with clouds and every eye is going to see him. Let me tell you, I want to make sure I'm ready to see him one day. I want to make sure that I'm ready and I have believed in the resurrection from the dead. All the miracles that Jesus performed, mind-blowing. If you were to really look out and see somebody walking on water, that's they hung out with Jesus, and they still thought it was a ghost. <coughs> I know you turn water to wine, stuff like that, but walking on water in a storm, it's a ghost. But Peter walked on water. Lazarus come forth. Whew. Could you imagine them guys watch that herd of swine stampede off the cliff into the sea as that legion of devils went with them? Blinded eyes opening, people jumping up that had been lame from their mother's womb, and you know, just miracle after miracle after miracle. None of them compares to him <coughs> raising from the dead. Amen. I might have to raise from the dead. <laughs> we might see a miracle here in a minute. Help, <clears throat> Help me, Lord. <coughs> it's bad when you get something in your throat and you got a microphone on. <coughs> and so now that Paul has reestablished to this church, get that nonsense of him being alive out of your head. I mean, that dead out of your head. You know that Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. That when he comes back, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we that are alive and remain going to be caught up with them. There's going to be another resurrection one day, a great host, a harvest is coming up. And so now, what do we do? What, what does it mean? It means we've got to preach it. 
You know, <clears throat> I'm afraid sometimes we treat the resurrection like a lot of the world treats it. That they only visit it one time a year. Now, just being honest, come on. That the only time they think about this is this season, this time, this you know, well, this Easter. Let's, let's you know, let's let's go to church. Praise God! I'm I'm glad that if 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 this is their one time a year to go, praise God. Because they've got an opportunity to get it right. But we preach the resurrection because people need to know. Uh, without it, there's no gospel. You know, there's no gospel without the resurrection because the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we can't just believe the gospel. We've got to obey the gospel. And people need to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter 4 and 17, Peter said, If judgment first begins at us, the house of God, what shall be the end of them that Obey not the gospel. See, I believe the speed limit is 55, but I ain't going to drive it. That's, I'm not obeying. Well, I believe that it's, you know, people say, I, I, I believe it's against the law to steal, but they steal anyway. Not obeying it. There's a lot of people believe that Jesus came, but they hadn't obeyed the gospel. Well, I believe he came and died and that he rose from the dead. But what have you done about that? Death, burial, and resurrection. Paul said in Philippians 3 and 10, I want to know him. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. Because his death and his blood that was shed and his burial will not help me if he didn't get up. But me just believing that won't change me. I've got to obey the gospel. In Romans chapter 6, Paul is not preaching to people to convert them. He's preaching to people in the church to remind them of something. But this is what the church to that point had obeyed. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried. What do you do when something dies? You bury it. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised from the dead or resurrected by the glory of the Father even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now listen what he says here. For if, that's a big if right here. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. There's a contingency there that we have to be planted if we're going to be resurrected. And he said we're planted or we're buried with him through baptism. Death, burial, and resurrection. When we repent of our sins, we die, just like Jesus died. He died. That 33-year-old life ended. And when we repent, we die to the life that we were living. We're turning around. We're changing direction. And then we're buried. Peter said in Acts 2.38, repent or die, 
and be baptized or buried, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, resurrection. Because if that same spirit that raised Jesus up dwell in you, it's the power of the resurrection. Let me tell you, there was a resurrection. I know we don't get too excited about many empty things. People don't shout glory about empty gas tanks, empty wallets and empty bank accounts. An empty donut box will just make you mad. We like things to be full. But I'm so glad that when that angel said, come and see, he didn't say, come and see the body of the Lord. Come and see what's left of him. He said, come and see where he lay. He is not here, for he is risen. There was a resurrection. I'm excited today over an empty tomb. I'm excited today that he was not there. And I'm even more excited that I could be buried with him in baptism and be raised from the dead, be raised up with the spirit of the Holy Ghost. So let me tell you something today. Whatever part of that you need to apply, whether it's for your own salvation, whether it's for you getting through whatever you're going through, maybe life has, has whipped you and beat you and tore you down, rolled the stone over you, Jesus showed us that there was a resurrection. If he can get up, I can get up. He said that the things that, the Bible says that the things that he did for us, he did for our example. I just take that one as an example. Let them beat you. Let them curse you. Let them talk about you. Let them whip you. Let them think they've killed you. Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. There's a resurrection. There's a word that keeps us going. There's a word that keeps us moving forward. Let me tell you, you can trust Jesus today. He keeps his word. I know Easter resurrection services are, you know, like holiday services, but we don't really do holiday protocol around here. We just believe in having church. And there's no way I'm dismissing this service without giving an altar call so that somebody can experience the power of his resurrection. If you have never repented of your sins, why not today? Because Jesus died so that you could live. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, as the scripture says, and if you look through the whole New Testament, you'll never find in there how the church baptized anybody except in the name of Jesus Christ for we're buried with him we die and we're buried and then we just read on and on how God filled them with the Holy Ghost why not today on the day we're celebrating his resurrection why not experience it for yourself if your life's been turned upside down and tore apart why not come and experience how that the resurrection can make all things new while she's playing this morning, I want you to come and pray. Find a place. Come stand in this altar for a few moments and thank God for the resurrection. Come find a place to pray this morning and seek the Lord. Bring me back, Jesus.
Bring me back, Lord. Resurrect me, Lord. Resurrect me, Savior. Jesus.
Hallelujah. Won't you take somebody by the hand, somebody beside you? I want to I tell you something. The resurrection, it for sure gave us something to pray and something to believe and something to encourage one another with. When your brother or sister, your friend, your loved one's going through something and they feel like just laying down and giving up, you just tell them, say, uh-uh. There was a resurrection for a reason. You know, sometimes a person feels like I can only take so much and they just quit. But Jesus took a lot. And he could have said when it was finished, he could have just said, you know what? I'm just going to leave it finished and I'm going to stay in this grave and that's it. But instead he got up because he knew that there was something better on the other side of that. You need to be able to tell your friend, your loved one, your brother or sister, hey, there's something better on the other side of this. I know it's hard. I know it's tough right now, but don't you give up. You get up. Don't give up. Get up and keep serving God and keep going because there was a resurrection for a reason to give you and me hope today. Pray for the one beside you right now together. Let's pray and ask God to give them resurrection power. Lord, let them know you in the power of your resurrection. That no matter what comes against them, they can realize, I can take it, I can get up, I can keep going. This is not the end of me. This is not the end of my story. This is not where I stop. Well, the enemy thought they had me. He thought it took me out, but I'm coming back. I'm getting up. I'm still going. I'm going to preach. I'm going to live. I'm going to serve. I'm going to worship. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Look at your neighbor and tell them, hey, you're going to make it. It might look bad. Hey, it was bad. The crucifixion was bad. It didn't just look bad. It was bad. He didn't just look dead. He was dead. But in three days, there was a resurrection. They weren't pretending to be lost and sad and, and without joy. They were lost and sad and without joy but in three days there was a resurrection and what you're going through don't just look hard it is hard but there was a resurrection you're going to come through it you're going to make it out in Jesus name you believe it come on give the Lord a hand and a shout of praise aren't you thankful for the resurrection aren't you thankful for the resurrection Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I'm thankful for the resurrection of Jesus Christ today. God is so good to us. Praise God. We thank you for being with us in service to celebrate the risen Savior. Hey, don't wait till next year. Don't wait even till next week. Wake up tomorrow and thank God for the resurrection. Don't forget the kids have candy rain. They're going to be getting ready in the gymnasium. If some of our uh, kids power hour people and, and Sunday school teachers could help get the kids that way.
bake sale in the foyer. Prayer tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. We love you. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.